Hello and welcome back to The Spill Sesh. We are on episode 8. In today's episode, I have the co-founders of Minority Voices. It is an Instagram page dedicated to amplifying the voices of minorities in Singapore. And they are Vina and Sharvesh. I really hope you enjoy this conversation and let's get into the episode. So, welcome Vina and Sharvesh to The Spill Sesh. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. And if you all don't know who they are, they are the founders of Minority Voices. But more importantly, Veena, you're my COVID buddy. Yes, <laughs> that is right. Oh, yes. Dude, Horrible that's experience. how we knew each other. Yeah, definitely. Dude, you exactly. were in... I mean, we have to talk about COVID, like just a little bit. Of course. Yeah, it's so weird because... So, Sharvesh, you never had COVID, right? Thank uh, thankfully, I no. guess. <laughs> but now I feel like I'm missing out on like friendships. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> Please don't no, feel that no, 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 no. Yeah, dude. I remember, I think you got it right after I did, right? Like, you, you yeah. DM'd me, like, I got COVID too. And I was like, no. I know, no. <laughs> so I saw that you came back from the UK. Like, I think you were uh, yeah. back from the UK, like, two or three days before me. And then you tested yes. positive on the day I flew back. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was really scared. I was like, oh no, what's the, going yeah. on? And then I fell sick and I was like, yep, I have COVID. And then we were both in NCID. I, know. I remember texting you being like, how long have you been here? How long is this going to take? <laughs> yeah, yeah so- I know that I'm like, I'll think about you. I'm like, oh my God, wait, she's still there. Then after I got released, you told me that you're still there. And I was like, yeah, 40 no, so days, right? In total, it was my entire COVID journey start to end was 50 days. Days, which is I know like so I spent 50 days um, yeah in isolation basically funnily enough like speaking of COVID COVID is how starvation I met because my roommate um, like so during COVID I was at D resort for like a good period of time and during this period of mm-hmm. time my roommate is actually childhood friends with starvation and like that is how we met and like oh. that is how like the whole minority voices thing came about so yeah so like you know like i think all of us have been changed by our own covid relations yeah Yeah. i love that well so speaking of minority voices why don't you let us know i mean i'm sure everyone already knows like you have three thousand followers in barely what like two two months you started in may right that's right it's not even the end of june i mean (laughs) it is almost but in less than two months you have grown to have three thousand followers so why don't you tell us what the account is about well i mean it starts with bina being really like upset about this video that she saw on like youtube um called like the curry song with like chinese kids making fun of like you know indian like hand gestures for like dance and like it had really like stereotypical indian-esque music you know um so she watched the video and then she wanted to talk to someone about it because i guess she was feeling some type of way and uh, so Jen, the girl that she was staying with, is a childhood friends with me, like what she was saying. Um, and so Jen gave her my number. So we started talking and I was like, yeah, like, that's really racist. But I think for some reason, I didn't find it that bad. I think I'm just like extremely like desensitized to like stuff like that. Um, but I totally got what she was like trying to say. And then we were just talking and then like she came up with the idea of doing something and I'm, I was like what do you want to do and then she mentioned like you know starting an Instagram page and like personally I've always wanted to like start something related to this like racism in general but I think I was always really scared because I didn't want to do it alone and also like I am very aware about myself like I know that like I know that like I'm not like educated in like race politics and like uh, colonialism and how that affects like um, racism in Singapore and stuff like that because I see a lot of like Instagram pages and they give you like factual evidence and I'm like definitely not the kind of person so I always was very wary of like what I want to say and do um, but like since like someone asked me if I wanted to like start something I just said yes thinking that you know it'll just be like this small project that we do but now we're here, I guess. Yeah, 
I know, like, um, I mean, just to add on to, like, whatever Savarish has said so far, I mean, like, I also personally think, like, you know, I think this is something that me and Savarish have, like, reiterated multiple times over the past month when, like, people try to, like, call us activists for running a page like Minority Voices and, like, we're, like, we're really not activists because, like, we don't personally think that we have, like, the awareness or the education to call ourselves activists in the sense that, like, you know, like, me and Sarvesh are learning every day with Minority Voices and we see Minority Voices as more of like a journey we're on to like learn more about racism, to be more aware of it and you know it's a journey that we've chosen to share and it's a journey that every person who has posted on MV through us has chosen to share with us. I'd just like to add, I don't think it's just like racism per se. Like I, like I think initially we started off like wanting to like talk about like different types of like discrimination. I think that's why we have like people like Arti, like Curves Become Her on Instagram talking about like fat phobia, and we had like Alicia Khan yeah. talking about like mental health discrimination. So that was the idea because I didn't want to like pigeonhole ourselves to like one type of like discrimination. But then I think like we just allowed like the people who wanted to contribute, contribute anything they wanted to talk about. And I feel like majority of the people that we reached out to wanted to talk about racism. I think that's what affected them the most. So I think that's what the page is becoming organically now. When we started it, it was definitely like, you know, even if you look at our bio, it's a safe space for dis- like anyone that's like experienced discrimination. It's not just like racism, but, you know, like Sarvesh said, through the stories that we've gotten and like the reach that we like currently have and everything, it seems to be going in the direction of racism. But like we um, have never chosen for it to be that way. And I think you guys have done a really good job in creating that safe space because I mean, um, when it first started, I was already like, I think you, you had DM me, right, Vina? I think you had DM me saying that yeah, you started this page. I was like, oh my god, cool. Like, And I I mean, I'm sure there are other pages out there, but for some reason with this page, I always felt like when the stories were being sent in slowly, slowly, and started building, it always felt very like personal. It felt authentic. Like I could, I felt like the person that was speaking, that was telling their story was speaking to me straight. It didn't feel like a publicity thing. It didn't feel like anyone was chasing clout. It just, it just felt very like this small little community of minorities. And I think that's what made it such a welcoming space for everyone who follows it, who sends in their stories to just feel like they're not alone. So, and I I like what you were saying also that, you know, it's not just about racism, but kind of organically went that way. And I also read other stories as well that has to do with other kinds of discrimination. So it's great. It's just like a comfortable space. You know, space speaking about for speaking about chasing cloud, I feel like there were some people who thought that some of the people that we featured like were trying to chase cloud because they didn't talk about these discriminations that they faced actively, like on uh, publicly on their own like social media platforms. But I just like to say that just because someone doesn't talk about it publicly doesn't mean they can't share. You know, not everyone feels like yeah. it's a, it's safe for them to talk about uh, things like that. So, like, for example, like when sh- like I like the first person I reached out to was Shruti and um, she had ne- like she had ne- she does she, she doesn't actively talk about racism or like she doesn't like, you know, she's not like me. I'm like extremely vocal on Twitter and like Instagram and stuff like that. But she's a, she's like the exact opposite. So like I think like some people felt like she was doing this for clout, but not at all. Like. I have to disagree with that statement. I think neither of us, when we started Minority Voices, saw it as something that would ever, like, you know, even gain any traction. Like, you know, like, we literally, when we started it, we genuinely thought it would be, like, me, Sarvesh, a few of our friends, and, like, a few people that, like, we reached out to. We never, ever imagined that, like, it would pick up as fast as it did. And, like, you know, it's just, we're grateful for that, obviously, and... But definitely, we it was never started with the intention of, like, clout. Like, just no. For me, like, even when it comes to just, um, you know, activism and when it comes to anything that... I mean, so much has been going on in the world so fast in 2020. And people have asked me also, like, why don't you speak about this? Why don't you speak about that? Or how come you're speaking about this? And how come you're not speaking about that? It's like, there... I think it's hard to draw the line but like you said people should be able to if if they have found a safe space and if they feel like their own platform is not a safe space i don't see what's wrong with that at all as long i mean they're talking about it as we should be praising them for talking about it not 
bringing them down for saying like oh you're chasing cloud I'm just, I just yeah, think that's necessary like it, you yeah. should be just like patting them on the back like good job for even saying all of this so I mean kudos to them I think that's such a brave thing to do but have you guys ever had to deal with backlash with this account like we're all Indian like and like you know how Indian people like know every other Indian person in Singapore so like um, so I think someone someone I think someone talked about um was talking tweeting about black lives matter and then they said like oh you know like minority voices featured this person who used the n word before and like now she's talking about like racism and like anti blackness i won't name the people obviously um but so we saw that tweet and then that um someone reached out to vina and surprisingly the same person who reached out to vina knows my friend and i called my friend up to check about this person who was like you know like just like talking smack and then we i was cuz i genuinely like wanted to find out what was the whole issue about and i obviously didn't want to like you know like didn't want to have any unnecessary backlash so i called up this person who was you know uh, i i i dm that person on twitter and i was like do you want to have a call cuz i want to talk about this um so i gave her a call and then she said um oh these are the things that i people are saying about you guys um but i don't know about this girl i don't know like i don't know anything about her uh so she mentioned how shuti people saying that shuti was chasing cloud uh she mentioned uh, how dashaini who was also featured in our in our in our posts uh how she was doing blackface and then this other girl who used the n word so obviously i had to ask for proof i'm not just going to take away like the post just because you had like a petty issue with your friend or something so i needed proof so obviously i asked for proof and like there was no proof regarding shuti because i've known shuti for like 10 years uh and dash like, i've known dash like since i was in lasal so like it's been what like 6 years like accusing dash of like blackface is a bit crazy because she is dark skin and like the photo that we posted of her i think she just looked a bit fairer than her regular skin tone i think that was like an edit but people thought that she was doing like blackface you know like stuff like that and that was a bit ridiculous and then but they did send screenshots of this other girl who used the n word and like how she didn't understand and like she didn't apologize for it so obviously we had to take it down Yeah, for sure because like did you guys talk to the person first? So we 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 archi- we archived or... the post. So obviously we didn't delete it. Um and then mm-hmm. we mentioned it to this person, but then and then we said that obviously we you know they send us screenshots and everything. We don't have a choice. And then this person went on to, like it wasn't like she if you acknowledge it and say yes, I did this and I am sorry and I'm doing better, that's fine, you see. We can all be better change. But The, the but the response to that message was oh it was a misunderstanding but we have all this proof and it clearly wasn't a misunderstanding so we just left it as that and we were like sorry we have to take it down and I, and i thank you for like sharing but like the post your like this story that you're talking about was talking about like colorism and anti blackness and then to use the n word is like really contradictory and hypocritical but you know like yeah. like we don't have any like negative feelings with this person or to this person like we wish them all the best and hopefully we can all change and be better yeah yeah of course it's a, like vina said it's a learning journey anyway and it's 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 good that you guys took the that hard decision i mean that's what it is right when you're running a public account like whether you I mean like 
it's it's my account or your guys's account it still got followers and still people are watching your every step and i think that's something that we forget sometimes like people are literally watching everything we do so to be able to still like you know take the post down even though it, you know it might affect someone else but knowing like your own morals i mean it's definitely something i'm sure you all also had to learn you know with your journey of this rapid growth you had you know when the whole black lives matter started and the conversation about racism in singapore did everyone reach out to minority voices to talk about it or did any did have that have any effect on the account um we were asked this question by someone actually uh, on mm-hmm. the instagram um i don't think so i feel like a lot of people in singapore or at least like what i saw was that people were trying to say that oh now it's like the time to talk about the black lives matter movement and not talk about racism in singapore because we need to give space for that but i disagree right. that you know it's not mutually exclusive you can talk about two things at one time i can be, i can talk about blm i can talk about racism in singapore i can talk about the the yemen crisis like i can talk about all these things i don't have to just be like oh now is blm tomorrow it's like racism in singapore the day after it's like the yemen crisis it doesn't make any sense you know um but i i do have to say like i don't think more people are reaching out to us i think uh more people were circulating or were resharing the posts to show that racism was still an ongoing thing in singapore right yeah. okay okay yeah. because i remember when the whole blm thing happened everyone was like yeah you see it's not as bad in singapore as it is in america we have it like you know it's better here like or like mm. um a lot of we did also see um a few posts about like you know being like oh you know singapore is not even racist like look and the one oh. thing that i always say is that like you know like everyone uses this like racial harmony day that we have as just like token of proof for like the fact <laughs> that, that we're not ce- racist yeah we're not racist look we have an entire day to celebrate racial harmony but like you know that's not enough and like so i think what yes. Sarah said is like completely right like we did definitely get more attention but it was more of like our posts being circulated as Sarah said to reinforce the fact mm. that look you might be wrong racism is still a huge thing in singapore like the thing is i don't want to die for you to be like oh yeah there's racism in singapore you know like it shouldn't get to like that point mm-hmm. where it is like america for it to matter it shouldn't yes. even exist yeah. in the first yes. place you see that's the whole point but a lot of people don't understand that yeah all of this racism and everything it, sh- it shouldn't be a social media mm-hmm. trend that's what i think everyone is saying so like it's okay like you know everyone can take the time to educate and even i was um i myself was thinking why are people talking about singapore and when like someone because I, i watched a video of george floyd and i was like well, i'm so confused so then i i talked to more people about it and they said the same thing you did and it's not mutually exclusive i think that's the very important thing so it's okay like if people don't understand i hope that listening to this podcast they now understand why like i did after talking to my friends about it we're all learning together it's a it's a you know it's okay if you were i want to say right or wrong but it's okay if you know you didn't know before and now at least you know So I I just don't anyone you know it's cuz it's just such a sensitive topic for everyone so I think I mean I myself learned a lot with whole, this whole journey especially with you telling us But the whole too. point is to have the willingness to learn you see a lot of people like don't even bother mm-hmm. with that It's fine to be like yes I'm wrong like I'm wrong like so many times like it's fine just be like yeah I made a mistake it's fine So am I <laughs> Yeah and let me yeah. get better or let me be better and that's that's the best we can all do right like Over the last few days like that's something that also I think has um has been like coming up a lot like in terms of minority voices because like um so basically my own journey was brought to light because of um the whole life thing where i come from a conservative brahmin family back in india and all of those things and growing up i believed in like the caste system growing up i believed that like you know I, there are a lot of beliefs that like i simply never questioned because like i was just told that like this was right and like this was how it is my parents are first generation like immigrants they never questioned anything i never did and for a very long time until maybe like a year ago and then like you know i started learning so like you know what sarish said is like completely right like you need to have like like the willingness to learn because like once i started learning once i started educating like i learned so much and that there was so much i was wrong about 
in the past, you know, and like so many things like I did that like now looking back, like I wish I had known better. Yeah, I mean, and to just admit that you're wrong and learn. Like, yeah, that's great. Like we're human. Everyone, it's just the, like what you said, the willingness to learn. So that that's why even I just felt social media became such such a. Everyone was just attacking each other, but people were forgetting about the main issue. So I loved how some people were bringing it back. Like guys, let's not let's stop being mean to each other. Let's come back to the main issue. While other people were like just attacking and attacking. So it's just I think I just wish that obviously social media was a kinder place, but it is what it is. That's why again I really like your platform because I feel like amongst all the the you know anger that social media has, that minority voices is still like. Okay, <laughs> like I, I feel like I still belong here, at least, and I still like I can still talk, or rather, like the people who do submit their stories. I feel I'm sure they would agree with me in saying that that felt but safe enough. We have blind spots too. So, like oh, we have great. we have a lot blind spots too. Like when mm-hmm. when we were talking about the casting, like I myself, like obviously, like I don't know what cast I am. I've never talked about it in my life. Like I, like I don't know. Like <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't know anything <laughs> about it. So in my mind, like like mm-hmm. caste discrimination only happens in India because you see how it affects people systematically, right? So, but in Singapore, I've never noticed mm-hmm. that. Like, like obviously, we are different in the sense, like, you know, you might be light-skinned, someone else will be dark-skinned, and there's the north-south divide. That I totally understand. But I never understood how caste-based discrimination affected Singaporean Indians. So, I sent this tweet out yesterday, literally yesterday, I think. I asked, I said, after today's mm-hmm. conversation, I really want to know how caste-based discrimination affects Indian Singaporeans. And then someone uh, very kindly, like, responded saying, um, saying that um, a lot of um, saying so, she said this. I only know things anecdotally, so this is vague. But a lot of it is how Indians who benefit directly from the caste system co-opt the minority discrimination struggle in Singapore without recognizing how they have benefits within the Indian community. Example: colorism, wealth, upward mobility, etc. Like, I never, I never realized that. But although I, I know that. It, like, for example, like I'm, I have, I have loads of light skin privilege. Someone else might not. You know, and I'm aware of that. I want to give space to someone who's darker to talk about those things. And I will never co-opt that struggle. But I still do identify it with certain aspects of the minority struggle. You know? So I was, I was just yes. telling her that, like, the, we all have to identify our own, like, privileges. And say that, yes, this is, this is, this is what I benefit from. And, and, you know, try to, like, speak up about it and, and, and help people who don't have those kind of privileges within our own community itself to uh, to to voice out these things and to bring these issues to the forefront because I feel like within the Indian community itself there is a lot of like discrimination you know yeah you guys wanted to touch on that right like and even I agree I fully agree that within the Indian community there is so much racism the, the divide between north and south and um, like what you were mentioning and even for me like I for me most of my racism I w- it, it's almost like do I say this is fortunate because it's like racism shouldn't exist in the first place but most of mine was when I was a kid so that affected me during my formative years as well and I was like am I, like do I am I proud to be brown or um, because you know Apunane um, people telling their kids my classmates saying, oh, the Indians are going to kidnap us if we behave naughty. Or, you smell bad, you're hairy, your hair smells weird, I don't want to sit next to you. You know, kids are mean, and it's because of what their parents tell them. But like you said, I'm a lighter-skinned Indian, and so I definitely do recognize my privilege, but also that doesn't, uh, not belittle, but like, it doesn't shy away from the fact that even minorities, they all experience racism. So even I had to even educate myself on how to talk about this will not making anyone else feel bad because when I was talking about racism in one of my earlier episodes um it was just very like casual as a very casual conversation about it it wasn't supposed to be a full episode about racism and one of my two two three of my friends um brought it up to me they were like oh you know maybe you should get more people to talk about racism like of different skin tones I was like oh okay like I didn't realize already in that like it just just a conversation like it definitely like what you said you need to just recognize your own privilege while also still um amplifying the voices of that minority but still re- realize that other people might have it worse but it doesn't really yeah like i mean we have a platform right now and like like you me uh you sejo me charvez and Bina, we all have light skin privilege and like and we are all like i would say like i'm middle class i'm assuming like you know you guys are middle class or upper middle class 
like those are all those are all those are all cast and class those are all privileges right like that's why like when we feature mm-hmm. when we feature like people on minority voices also like it's not just about like oh just like featuring people who are light skinned but also like like featuring indian people who are on the spectrum as well because we all have different experiences like like what like what a light skinned person goes through will not be the same thing as what a dark skinned person goes through because 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 tamil like for for real like in singapore like dark skinned tamil lgbtia women are discriminated and marginalized the most in the community for whereas like i'm a man that's a privilege i'm light skinned that's a privilege i'm middle class that's a privilege you know so we have to like give space to these people because we have a we have a platform and we have a following you know yeah yes yeah yeah no and i mean um speaking of this like when we first started minority voices i think that privilege that we recognize i mean personally for me the privilege i have i'm light skinned i i mean belong to the uh, like a, like i'm a brahmin but i didn't think it mattered much in singapore but i'm learning also that it does but i mean all the privileges that i do have um i think both me and sarvesh recognize this and it's why our own stories are not on minority voices yeah. it's why you know we we because we think that the space should be given like sarvesh said to like those with you know those who um have lesser privilege than us um i don't know if that's an insensitive way no, to put it but yeah basically we wanted to give space and yeah it's primarily why our own stories are not on there and i mean we talk about it on the live we don't like we're talking about it on this podcast but but not we yeah it's just never been a post on minority voices and it's never been and minority voices has never been about us right it's always been, it's been about, about what we it's it's been about what we um are trying to do and what we like this is how we thought we could help yeah. So what are your personal experience with racism since I mean it's not on the account I I still definitely do want to have a chat with both of you about it like what have you guys encountered in your life with racism Like I don't remember a lot of things that cuz I feel like I had a really good like primary school like experience so I think that like I totally don't remember anything regarding that but I had a lot of Indian friends when I was in primary school so maybe that's why I felt very like comfortable and secure But once I went to secondary school, yeah. I went to Sota, so like I was almost always the only Indian person in a classroom, and we did I did theater, so like you'd always be in a black box studio where everything was black. So they, when they switch off the lights, they'd be like, "Oh, we can't see you," or like, "Oh, if you smile, we can see your teeth," you know, like stuff like that. And I knew I wasn't dark, like I'm not dark skinned, so like, but that but that those comments like made me hate myself even more. Like so, I would exclude. Like I had a good group of like brown friends, but I would exclude myself. from them to fit in with like chinese people so that i would be accepted like across like the spectrum you know um yeah i think that i mean so that was just a very like toxic environment like a lot of people were racist a lot of people you know like they would say like like and very discriminatory like the first day, the first day i went to school I was 13 um because you could wear like any colored shoes in soda someone was like And we were having like orientation camp. I was thirty, no, not even thirty, twelve and a half. Went to school. This person was like, um, "Oh, why are you wearing cheap shoes?" Like, did as like yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So from then, from that itself, like you could see like the like from the kind of shoes people wear, you can tell what where do people stand in like the social order kind of thing. And People would be people are very racist. Like they would like there was this girl like who would say really really mean like derogatory things about Indian people. Um, but then obviously like I internalized that racism so much that I didn't want to hang out with Indian people. I would like I would say that I would try to like identify myself as mixed race because a lot of people used to tell me like oh you look a bit mixed you know and I would like love that because that means I'm further away from being Indian. And I would, you know, like speak with an accent, um, like just like just do all these ridiculous things. And then I left when I was sixteen. Went to La Salle. I think once I left Sota, like I started being more comfortable with myself. But I think I still internalize that racism so much that, like, I wouldn't, like, like I wouldn't. I still didn't like like myself fully. But then I came out when I was sixteen. 
um, out of the closet. And then I was gay, and you know when you're gay, you're like, okay, now I'm out. I want to go on like all these dating apps and see if I can like get into a relationship, right? Like, <laughs> duh. Um, yeah. So went on these dating apps, and like almost every profile would say no Indians, no Banglas, not racist, just the preference, like straight up, like just like right there. So like that itself would like. Dude, yeah, what? they would say like they would say no Indians, no Banglas, or like no fat femme. So they don't want you to be feminine, and I'm like you're gay. Like what is this toxic masculinity? Like <laughs> bullshit. Um, but yeah, um, so like that made me like I don't want to use this word, but that made me really like hate Chinese people. Like obviously I'm generalizing here, but um, because like that's that's what I got. Like almost every profile would say no Indians, no Banglas, and we, and when a Chinese person would reach out to me thinking that I was mixed race. When I say I'm Indian, they just block me or like not speak to me, or or some like a lot of Chinese people are like, oh, do you smell like an Indian person? Like, what does that even mean? Because Seriously? yeah, I'm like I like the the most vile and vicious kind of racism I faced was within the gay community. That's also why I don't support like Pink Dot. Like I support the freedom to love and I support Pride. I don't support Pink Dot because I feel like the gay community in Singapore hasn't been my community, hasn't been inclusive of Indian and brown people. Um. So, why would I support something that's always ostracizing me? You know, yeah. Um. And that made me, that made me really like, like I said, like it made me hate Chinese people and like, but it also made me feel like, okay, if I want to be gay in Singapore and still fit in, I need to be on the top of like the food chain. And how do I do that? Being Indian, you date a white man, because clearly that gives you like some kind of like. Mm-hmm. Cloud or something, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was like, okay, I would only like, like, meet white men. I would only like hook up with white men. Um, I would never speak to Indians. I would like, never speak to like Malay people. I would never speak to Chinese people. So I did eventually date a white man, um, but that was like not great. And like when that relationship ended, like it made me realize. Um, it made me realize that I wasn't in love with this white man. I was in love with the idea of being with a white man and what that made me feel, and the kind of like security in some sense that it gave me, um, which really affected my mental and emotional health. Like it really screwed that up because, like here I was like wanting to date this white person, thinking that I was deeply in love with this person, but I actually wasn't, and I was just like fooling myself. Um, but yeah, so since then I was like, okay, screw white people, and screw these Chinese folks who are like, no, I'm not racist, but I have a racial preference. Because I, the thing is, I'm very, I'm very like self-aware. Like, like I know, like I'm not the best-looking person, which is fine. But Dude, no, 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 no. It's not that. about that. Like, I'm very, com- <laughs> I'm very confident. In, like my skin, like, like I know I'm cute and everything. But I'm not okay, the okay. best-looking person. Is it like, no, like yes. I'm not like, like I'm not like a, I'm not a ten out of ten. That's fine. But. And it's fine for you to not find me attractive. I'm fine with that. But for you to not find any Indian person or any brown person attractive, or like to be to say to gener- to say no Indians, that means you're excluding a and you're excluding an entire ethnic group, which is racist. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this would then when I go back on like when I'm like when I after breaking up with that white guy, I, when I went back, I started talking to like a lot of Indian guys, asking their perspective on racism and the gay community and a lot of them told me like that they start their conversations with I'm Indian are you okay with that so like they're like apologizing for like their own race like something that they can't change and that made me even more angry I was like you know what fuck this bullshit like I'm done like I'm so I was so sick and tired of it but yeah um so that also made me like I think that also made me like be more vocal like I started being more vocal about racism and like I started being more vocal about racism within the gay community like maybe like two years ago uh, yeah so and I've been like un- I don't know if it's unnecessarily vocal but like some people feel like it's I'm too much but I honestly couldn't get Please, not at all. I couldn't no. get too far You'll, you can I, never I be think, no. you can never be unnecessarily yeah, vocal I had, I had a couple of friends who I, I had a couple of friends who tone policed me and, tell, and told me like, oh, why are you saying it this way? People will not understand. I'm like, I don't have to say things in a way that, that for you to understand. You people should understand, understand that it's wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah. yeah. Uh, then I met 
wonderful brown man who made me feel like oh yeah fuck other white men and we just like and now we're in this relationship and we just shit on other people yeah oh. but like i think uh, oh my god but i'm so happy that's great that's beautiful no yeah, yeah i think i think like i think like after like being with my boyfriend also like i realized that like wow like i actually like like myself and i also understand my wealth even more now and all these people who are just like saying oh no indians no banglas you know we don't like dark skin people no black school these people like they're blind they're ignorant mm-hmm. they're stupid and what can i do yeah i don't like yeah like fuck dumb people like and they don't the thing is when you bring it up they say oh it's a racial preference you know people want to have preferences i'm like fuck you and your preference and the sad part is it's not just it's not just the chinese guys who are like this like how i internalize my racism so many brown men internalizes racism and they don't date indian men either and that makes me sad but i feel like and the thing is i like i started like realizing this when i was like maybe like 20 like 20 but you have like older men like 20 plus who are like yeah sorry i'm not into indian guys i'm like but you are indian and have you un- learned that like internalized racism already like what is going on with you you're old enough please educate yourself yeah But yeah, that's my But now do you feel like you're at a better place oh. with like in, um your identity and being brown being Oh, I I think I'm in a much better place. Like I think I I I I am in a much better place with my identity. I I I think I own my identity. I I love being gay. I love being brown. Like and Indian. I only recently started like mm-hmm. because I only recently noticed people identifying themselves as Tamil, you know, because like we are grouped into this Indian race but it's not really a race it's a nationality and like we are all different races within that so i've also like i've also like that's been a bit weird for me because i never identified as such but i think i'm slowly like starting to as well with that side of my identity so yeah i think all's good i think you also need to find someone who i think you don't need to find someone for you to feel better but i think you need to like i think it's good to have a partner who sees you the way you should be seen and sees you as you you know yeah yeah oh that made my heart so warm like Same. i felt like you know they were single as fuck i was like oh my god <laughs> i'm gonna hunt now <laughs> find a man who see i'm gonna quote that sees what did you say sees you as you i'm gonna, I'm gonna remember that forever now <laughs> No, but honestly, that makes me so yeah, happy. Yeah, that was yeah. Thank you. Super lucky in the sense where, like, obviously, like, like not every like like I know like not everyone. It's not easy for gay men to be in a relationship, especially for Indian gay men because mm-hmm. of the racism in Singapore and like the community is so small. People don't feel comfortable even coming out. So I know I'm very, 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 very lucky to have accepting parents, accepting boyfriend, accepting everything. So in that sense, I'm very lucky and privileged. I'm very aware about that. But I think the whole like the whole spell that white men cast on you when you're like into them, it really makes you feel amazing <laughs> because they say things like, "Tell me oh about God, it." They say things like, <laughs> "They will." Say, oh my God! No, he would like this. My like my uh. like ex- date boyfriend. He would say like, "Oh, like I love the color of your tan skin," and like. Your oh yeah, beautiful. they really like. They really like, like our brown like, skin. And I with the fact when no one says that to you for your entire life, because you're almost always surrounded by Chinese <laughs> people, that makes you feel so good. But also, like, is he, is he fetishizing? I couldn't you agree think about more. it after, right? Like, is this a bit weird? Yeah. 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 No, I. I yeah, like when that. I first moved to the UK, when I first moved to the UK, it was like it felt like. Amazing because like every time I go to a pub, every time I go to a bar, there'd always be like, you know, like guys coming up to you being like, "Oh my god, you're so you know, different, you're so pretty, like you're so <laughs> gorgeous." I've never seen anyone that looks like you. Like you're so like I've heard the word exotic, like you know, said to me about me like at like at least once I every night that, that I go out. And like at first, like 
I, so I never took it badly, right? I was just like, oh, wow, you know, like, look at all these like guys thinking I'm so pretty. But then someone pointed out to me, someone who was like, yeah, but like, they're like, you know, like you pointed out, they're fetishized. Like, you know, it's a fetish. Like, they don't actually like, you know. But and the then, like, word the exotic, right but there. my boyfriend's telling me this, okay. like the word exotic also says that you are not the norm. And that's why you're exotic. Like, you're different, right? Like, mm-hmm. but why am I not the norm? Because mm-hmm. to me, I'm very normal. You're very normal. You're Indian. I'm Indian. Like, but for a white person or someone who hasn't, Correct. like, seen people like that, like, it's like, oh, you're exotic. You're different. But I don't want, like, I'm not different, you know? Yeah. Yes. In that, yeah, for sure. I, I don't even know whether they realize they need, they say it like that, but see, it's all about awareness, honestly. Like, <laughs> I, it's it's so frustrating. Even this other dude on on the dating app recently <laughs> on Bumble, uh, from New Zealand, very handsome dude. But same thing, like you're so exotic, you're so stunning. I'm like, oh thanks, but now I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> he doesn't mean it that way. <laughs> but yeah, time to unmatch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally understand. But Vina, you said you also like had experiences with racism as well. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> it's a bit of a long story, but I mean, I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Okay. But um. Yeah, basically, I went, I mean, primary school, I was really lucky. I went to a school that had um, a fair share of Indians, a fair, like, you know, like, I think, um, yeah, super lucky in that sense. I never faced much racism or discrimination in primary school. But then secondary school, I went to a neighborhood school. I went to a local neighborhood school. And to the best of my memory, I was pretty much the only Indian in my stream. God. There were like maybe three Indians in my batch. And like, yeah, so, and then I, re- and yeah, so like from day one of secondary school, like I was just like that Indian person. Like, you know, like orientation, nobody wanted to be in a group with me because I was Indian. Um, and like, you know, like people would like call me, like, like they would like, um, call me like cur- like they would literally refer to me as like a curry chicken which like makes no sense Wait, right what? <laughs> like, what would- a curry chicken like I'm like how does that make sense like how what like I-, I literally like but yeah so like in my class they would like like call me like curry or like curry chicken or like black curry chicken which again made like zero sense to me because like on like the spectrum of things like I am you know like not <laughs> that dark I'm not a, I cannot call myself dark you know <laughs> yeah so I'd be called like black I'd be called like curry chicken like um and then like um like I mentioned I am the child of immigrants we went back to India like two three times a year and like you know like back then Facebook was a thing and every time I'd go back I'd like I, I used to post it on Facebook and then I get made fun of when I came back. They'd be like, oh, did you go to like your village and like go dancing with like the trees or like, you know, that sort of thing like would happen. And I got to the point where like I stopped posting on Facebook. I stopped like even telling people I was going to India. Like, you know, every time I'd get like Mehendi, you know, that was seen like as something bad, you know, like even it was just yeah it was, I think like all I will say about my secondary school experience is that it was like it was horrible it was um lots of racism and I did date someone during that time who you know I think reinforced it to me more than anything because like you know you see your boyfriend as this partner you see your boyfriend as this person that is like supposed to be there for you and this particular boyfriend I had was anything but. It was more like, it was it was a lot of, um, oh, you know, like, you're pretty for an Indian. Or, oh, you know, like, you're lucky that I'm dating you because, you know, you're Indian. Like, you're not wanted in general. So, like, you should feel lucky that I want you. And, like, that was something that... Yes, that was something that was, like, always told to me. So I would say, like, the four years I spent in secondary school, looking back now, I if I had one word to describe it, it would just be hell. <laughs> like, it was, like, a horrible experience. Like, this boyfriend I had was, like, both mentally and physically abusive. And, like, he would, like, rationalize both this mental and physical abuse with, like, because I was lesser than him, because I was Indian because I didn't belong here, like, because I 
you know and also the fact that like I wasn't born here seemed to matter a lot it was like I heard a lot of like go back to your country and like you know that sort of thing which made no sense to me because like most of my life have has been in Singapore I hold a Singapore passport like you know you sending me back to India I probably don't know how to navigate <laughs> things as well as I do in Singapore like you know like it yeah so that was um yes that was something that was really hard and it took a very long time for me to move past that get over it and actually be able to even acknowledge that it happened because I think similar to Sarvesh I internalized it a lot I started to resent Chinese people like I spent so long being tormented that I, I started to see it as like not just this group of people that was problematic but I started to generalize it so I didn't have Chinese friends didn't interact with Chinese people I felt like all of them were just out to get me and yeah and I mean I will again at this point acknowledge my privilege when my parents did find out that I was struggling I was lucky enough to be like taken out and sent sent to boarding school where I had an amazing time but I mean obviously from what I've learned over the last few years like the struggles I had like it wasn't like there are other people that go through it like you know secondary school students that go through racism and not every person has the privilege that I have to like just you know have this ticket out you know like just be like yeah dad I'm not happy and then my dad like you know like can send me away within like a week like you know not every person has that privilege so yeah I honestly a lot I, I think even during my life I was asked like oh you know like how should you deal with racism in school and like I just I wish I had a better answer like I wish I knew how to help like I wish I knew what to do but personally I just you know like you know flight or fight I I was like you fly. I, I just <laughs> you flew <laughs> yeah I was like peace like this is not like this is just I can't and I just left but yeah I mean it takes a lot of courage to fight and like to anyone that you know is look like to anyone that has the courage to do it like you have my utmost respect because like I wish I could and like that is also another thing that contributed to the whole like me wanting to do something about racism yeah and I'm so glad that I mean it's so sad that both of you had to have these horrible stories but I mean it turned out that you are helping so many other people through your platform so it's just it's amazing to see how I mean not just it's it's inspiring to see how two people manage to come out and whether you you know fight or flight whether you flew to another country whether you started dating other people like it just you still managed to come out of it and come out on top what do you what did you what did you think you know like like oh how did you feel when you know you were getting discriminated against in singapore for being like indian or brown and everything and then going to india and then realizing that oh like you have like you have all these like privileges and you don't and you're not like treated this way in singapore because obviously like obviously back in india like yeah, you are like in a certain position uh, and like you know and the casting and everything yeah, yeah no i think you and i have did like did have this conversation the other day but yeah that's a great point to like bring up yeah so like in india like like so like going from singapore where like you know i was going through like literally what personally to me felt like torture like mental torture and then go back to india and like suddenly like you know everybody loves me like you know like I, like everybody loves me and like as um belonging to like brahmin caste they had all this privilege um a generational privilege it was just really confusing to me because it was like why does everyone love me here and everyone hate me there like you know like why and i think i <laughs> I I think like more than anything at the age of like 16 17 I just enjoyed it. Like I didn't like like to me it was just like oh Singapore was the problem, Chinese people are the problem. Look at me here, everybody loves me and life is great here. So I just like saw it as that, but I never like never thought deeper than that at that point. It took me a long time to like look into it properly with the whole privilege and everything. But yeah, it was really confusing. That's like I think that's what I will say. And When I first moved to the UK, I moved to I moved to Brighton. Say though like Yeah, you, you said as well. that as well. Oh, yep. I loved it. Yeah, Brighton Brighton is beautiful. Brighton's amazing. Brighton is also um one of the most 
from to the best of my knowledge one of the most like progressive cities in the it uk is, yeah. i lived with an english family um and like just like just being in brighton just seeing like you know all this activism around you like i was constantly surrounded by it i think it opened my eyes to a lot of things like you know it for, I mean, I think in other parts of the UK, you still experience, like, discrimination and everything. But in Brighton, I felt welcome. Yeah. Like, I, like, I felt, like, and it was, it was great because, like, nobody wanted to know, like, I mean, other than, obviously, the few, the few guys in the pubs that would, like, you know, call me exotic and yeah. everything. But, like, other than that, like, nobody cared. Like, nobody was, like, oh, so, like, where are you from? Like, I got that question, like, almost never. Like, nobody cared. Yeah. People cared about, like, what I was doing with my life people cared about like what I was studying but like nobody cared like what I was you know and like that yeah so that just like Brighton to me was a safe space I fully agree and Brighton yeah so like and that being there opened my eyes to a lot of things including my own privilege another thing that you guys wanted to talk about was how racism is rooted in colorism right talking about fair and lovely and yeah I mean for me I remember growing up and you know we were always told oh don't play too much in the sun you'll get tanned and then we'll come home and you have to put haldi on you haldi is uh what is it actually turmeric turmeric yeah and it's some mixture to make you lighter and fair and honestly even I did actually I did a topic on this when I was in poly I did a TED talk in quotation marks for one of my modules uh, on growing up brown, the challenge of growing up brown, and the one thing I said was that why is it that in weddings there's a whole ceremony for haldi, you know, like there's there's a whole ceremony dedicated for women to have like be lighter skin and ready in preparation to be beautiful for their wedding day. Like, isn't it so weird? <laughs> why does that even yeah, exist? I know it really is. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, like with the whole like like you know, there's this whole like emphasis on like being lighter and everything. And, like, I genuinely love the beach. I love being in the sun. Like, those are things I, like, absolutely enjoyed. And, like, I never allowed myself to do those things again until, like, I moved to the UK. And now, like, I actively tan. Like, I go out and lay down in the sun. And I'm like, I, like, this is who I want. Like, because I feel happy sleeping in the sun. So I'm just going to do it. Like, it doesn't matter that, like, I'm going to get tan. Like, Like, you know, like, these things, like, just, yeah. But, I mean, going back to the whole racism being rooted in colorism i think sarah has something i think to like add i like, think something to like say obviously here. uh the darker you are the kind of racism that you face is like harsher because obviously like in singapore it's always like oh you're black you know like you're this and also like when it comes to opportunities like the darker you are the lesser opportunities you have for example when i was in like when i was still like in the theater scene and acting and all of that um you'd see casting calls and even when like see roles are roles are barely written for Indian people, right? They're mostly written for Chinese people or even if they're doing like a white play or like a white show and they want to do it in Singapore, they'll always cast a Chinese person um, instead of a brown person. Uh, I don't know why. But, um, but yeah, so like when they even look for, when they look for Indians, it's always, they look for the light-skinned Indians. They never ever look for dark-skinned Indians because, I don't know, we're not, they're not like suitable for like TV, I don't know, right? Um, so I feel like I feel like they have lesser opportunities, and also the like the kind and the it's very harsh, like the kind of like racism and colorism they face, even in like the workplace. So like I feel like like obviously I can't speak to it because I am not dark skin. Um, like someone else who has gone through that will be able to speak more about that for sure. But I think it's something that we all have to recognize and. We cannot we cannot co-opt that struggle because that is not our struggle. It's it's someone else's struggle. Yes, we go through racism, and yes, someone would have said like, oh yeah, like you know, like we can't see you in this room or whatever. But it's still not the same as what someone who lives like that on a very like on a day to day basis and how they feel and what they go through. Yeah. And I mean, it's very hard to see actresses as well, um, that were darker before, and now suddenly ten years later they're like ten shades lighter. You know, I don't like, know how that and doing do yeah they do advertisements with like fair and lovely not no not with fair and lovely specifically just but skin other, whitening, like, whitening creams yeah I think it affects skin white, you look at yeah, it it affects just... South India a lot right because you see we look at North India yes like generally like people are more fair skin they're a bit more Eurocentric because of migration and all of that 
historically mm-hmm. but like when you look at south indians like more like the like the general face of a south indian person like like at least you say a tamil person is like really dark and that's fine i like that's great mm-hmm. but when you look at the movies they make everyone is north indian or everyone is like almost like white I like i don't get it i oh my god like this is something i always like you know even like for the longest time like growing up like you know like i don't know I, I don't know if every girl goes through this space, but like when I was like, what, 13, 14, I was like, you know what, I want to be like a Bollywood actress. Oh, yeah. And then you're just told like, or like a Tollywood actress. Like, so I, I'm from like Hyderabad, so like we have like the Lego movie industry. And then like, you look at like all the heroines, right? And they're all North Indian. And like, you are told, you're like, or like, you know, like, if you ever like put any research into it it's always like oh you know like you have to be like super fair super white or like no director wants to take but it also affects you yeah because Go for it. those movies oh yeah no because like the movies don't sell which to me is like something that is like so ironic because like how can a movie if for example if they were to cast a typical south indian girl as a heroine how how is that a risk that how could people not want to see that because you let me answer that question let me answer that question because a lot of the movies are made for men that's why you see the men are really dark skinned like you look at south indian movies yeah they can be really dark but the women are always like almost 20 shades lighter than them which doesn't make any sense like that's why you see it look at tamil films like the the the, the hero is dark skinned the heroine is almost white and and the people who throng to the cinema are the general public who are dark-skinned Indian men, right? And the women mm-hmm. have internalized this colorism and wanting to be fair that they expect or they want uh, fairer daughters and grooms want fairer brides. Even in their shadi.com profiles, they say fair bride, which doesn't yes, make any sense yes. when you are dark-skinned. <laughs> like, huh? And it affects... Yeah. It, it, it's the same in Singapore. Dark-skinned Indian guys, you will always see a lot a lot dark skinned Indian guys love Chinese women love I don't I don't I don't see it I don't understand it yeah it's sad like we already have such a small pool like just come to me no I mean like screw like, those Indian men I mean it's like like honestly like they're the ones like oh yeah I only like Chinese girls like huh like sis come on <laughs> reach I, I swear to god but yeah like it's, it's just a very vicious cycle it's exactly what you said like the the women even though and like Vina said don't you want to see yourself but now they expect to see someone else because they want to be that person the fairer version and even in Bollywood like exactly. you see actresses like Alia but she's I mean she's gorgeous she's a talented actress but she is like white as a feather white and Deepika in her first movie Deepika Padukone love her in her first movie Om Shanti Om she's a South Indian and she's gorgeous but now if you can see the distinction in color from how she was and how she is now and it just makes me so sad because either one they don't admit to it and two it's like why you know we don't it's again the whole vicious cycle thing but at first you know I'm sure there were a lot of South Indians like well oh my god Deepika Parapun in in Bollywood but now she's just like 10 shades lighter so I don't I never we'll we'll never understand that and it's just adding on to the vicious cycle of um, oh you need to be fair to be beautiful the one actress I will say that has done a great job at just being amazing and beautiful and whatever skin color she is. Her name is Radhika Update. Oh yeah, she I like that. She's not the lightest, yeah. she's not the darkest. Yeah. You know who she is? Yeah, so she she's just like, she's I own good. my skin color. Like she's just whatever, she's doing her own thing. But I have to say, so I just hope that, I mean, I least, have to say like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do, I, I do have to acknowledge that like, at least like the Vasandam like in Singapore, like I feel like they, I don't know if they don't do that, but I feel like they do cast a lot of like dark skinned women as well. Like they yes. have there, there is yes, that representation. Sure. Um, I would just like to see more. Yeah. You know, because like for example you yes. have Ishari yeah. on TV. Like she's gorgeous. I'm like a biggest she's gorgeous, fan. right? But it's her and yes. maybe like one, two other people. But the rest are still pretty like well, I would like to see more dark skin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on TV. And uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I hope the media goes towards that one day. Yeah. And that would be a great progress. And even if, at least in Singapore, like, we can see more people of ourselves, like, of our color on TV. Um, that would be great. I think... It would yeah, take a lot of time. I mean, only recently, like, they started adding more Indian people to Channel 5. Like, 
Tanglin, right? Like that was like I feel Tanglin. like mm-hmm. like I I, was just I love thinking. that show. Really, I was, I was on it. <laughs> I was just you were on you were on Tanglin. Yeah, yeah. How do I not know this? Wait, what, what? was your <laughs> what was your character? Because we watch really? it religiously. Like we watch it every oh, night. I, who, who are you? I played you Nevin, Doctor Raja's son. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No! What? How do oh, I yeah, actually yeah. not know this? I'm talking to a celebrity. I'm basically no way, friends no way. with the celebrity. Everyone does Tanglin. No when you know when you when you come from the south, I feel like everyone does Tanglin. It's not an achievement at all. No, no, no. You don't understand. If I go out and tell my parents that I'm talking to Dr. Raja's son, they will start <laughs> screaming. I just like that Indian family, Arjun's family, like when they were the main um Indian cast in the show. I just liked watching that, even though technically, um, again, North Indian South Indian. Arjun is it? Is it like the? I I I was so happy. But I'm like, which Indian family sits at the table and drinks wine like that? I'm like, huh. That's true. Okay, wait. Drinks wine. My my family does. No, but you're like. Yeah, everyone like just sitting there having wine. I'm like, where is this happening in this Indian house? All the kids there. Dude, come over, come over. Literally, we're gonna have a wine night tomorrow. Come and join us. Go for it. Can I just say, okay, wait, sorry, this is so off track. But you know, Arjun followed me Who's on Instagram. Arjun? The James, James Kumar. Kumar. James Kumar. Yeah, sorry, I called him Arjun, but like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, Arjun. He's quite nice. I don't yeah, know why. He's quite nice. I, I only had one conversation with him. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Would know no, please, no. You know, no, no, not at all. Like, he, like, I, like, I think I had like a less than five minute conversation with him, and then I never like spoke to him again because I'm like so awkward. Moving yeah. forward, how do you want to carry on with minority voices? Um. Well, it's, okay, that's a hard question. I think because. Like, when we started, we haven't been around for long, number one. So, like, just whatever we have now was, is already something that, like, we didn't even see coming. Um, I will start off by saying that. But I think going forward, we just want to try to... I don't know how to put it. Like, we just, I think we just want to see where it takes us. Like, I think right now, like, I can easily say that we, like, have no, like concrete plans because like this is just unreal to us you know like whatever we we do have right now so there's no like concrete plans with like where we want to take minority voices but i think it's just you know we just want to use this as a platform to raise as much awareness as we can about this issue and about just and also like i think another thing we want to do is like not just only talk about racism but talk about other things as well like other forms of discrimination which is what we wanted when we first started the platform so i think that maybe going forward that's that's the direction we want to take and be in like you know we want to be more inclusive anything you want to add time for you too um where do i see this going i honestly don't know i mean i'm glad that it's going somewhere um i want Mm -hmm. I don't know. I want more people to come forward and share their stories. I think, I think there are, there have been people who have come forward, but I think it's mostly us reaching out. Like it'll be nice for it to be just like for people to just be constantly like just like sending in stories. I think that would be great. Um, but I just hope that the stories that we've shared, you know, at least someone relates to it or like someone identifies with something which is like unfortunate obviously you don't want someone to like have you don't want someone to you know you don't want someone what am I saying you don't want someone to have had got <laughs> you, you, your desire you, you don't desire people to have got, like that really that you know yeah we don't desire it but like yeah. we do know it's out there and you know like we hope that with the stories we share you know, like people start to like you know find the strength to be more. Yeah, about. and also I, I hope that I hope that people learn from it as well because <laughs> I feel like a lot of the times a lot of Chinese people also say like, oh, um, racism doesn't exist, and then they don't have they don't have evidence, quote unquote, like to to say that oh yeah, racism exists because obviously they don't study like literature, like the like history and all of that, like and they don't know how it affects uh the current like people. Um, but they also, I've realized that a lot of Chinese people don't have minority friends. You know, like, I might have, you might have, like, some of us might have, but I've also realized that's just because we are a very small group of people and we are bound to have 
Chinese friends, but not all Chinese people have Indian friends, or not all Chinese people have, have Malay friends. So yes. it's very rare for them to even understand, like, oh, this is happening because they don't know someone in their lives who's going through this, right? So I, I, I hope that they can read these stories and identify if they've done any of these things or if they've perpetuated any of these behaviors, ideas, discrimination, and hopefully they can reflect and understand what they're doing is wrong and how that makes people feel. And, you know, just educate other people on along the way so that there is some sort of change, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then we all hope to yeah, see change. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think just like to wrap everything up, like I will again say that, you know, MV, like I personally at least, I just see MV as a journey and I see it as like, a daily learning opportunity. Every story that comes to us, every story that I read, that me and Sarish, we read these stories obviously before they go up and like with every story I learn something, you know? And that, I think, is what I hope to give someone else. And I'm sure that, you guys that have... opportunity yeah. to learn and that just, that is what I want from MB. Yeah, and I, I hope to see it continue yeah. to grow like crazy because already in two months, dude, like that's insane. So, I mean, I wish you both all the best for Minority Voices. I'm, I'm so proud to so be much. like part of the community and see two of you to do such an amazing thing like this. And I hope more people send in stories. If they want to send in stories, where can they They can always you? drop us an email at minorityvoices.sg at, at gmail.com or they can DM Yes, they can always <laughs> or DM us. us. Yeah. Alright, cool. I'll I think that's easier, honestly. DM, we get back to you in less than 24 hours at most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way lesser than that most of the time. We're always here. Like, and you know, honestly, like another thing I will say is like, we're not just there for when you want to submit a story. We're there if like you just want to talk, you know, if you just want to talk about your experience with racism. And, you know, we're here. Like, we want to listen. And even if you haven't reached the point where you're comfortable with hosting a story you know because like right now we are about to hit 4,000 we just um, hit 4,000 followers it's a lot you know oh wow yeah we just hit 4,000 there we go during this conversation (laughs) thank you (laughs) but yeah so like yeah so maybe it's not um, a story that you would want shared with 4,000 people but if you do want someone to talk to just about the issue of racism we're all yours and you know if there's yeah like you know our dms are just always open we're here for conversations we're here for you to share your story you know when we say safe space that's not just exclusive to like our instagram feed i will definitely link them in the show notes and i'll tag them everywhere on my instagram and i'm I'm sure you you already know thank you so much for having us thank you thank you for coming on my podcast no seriously it was so much fun i love having these kind of conversations because i learn so much from other people and it's just it's always nice to talk to people that not on the same wavelength man like it's, it's just always nice to have that but thank you so much for coming on and i hope we can even do another episode in the future maybe with five six k who knows when you all are like even bigger and see where minority voices has gone but thank you once again for coming thank on. you so much thank you and thank you for having us